we're able to find opportunities too that are unique, then that's just a plus. And that's exactly what this opportunity was. And I'm the starting quarterback for the University of Kentucky. Um, when you think of Kentucky, the, the two industries are bourbon and horse racing. This is the Mitch Gerber Audio Experience. On this episode, we welcome in QB1 for the Kentucky Wildcats, Will Levis, as he continues to raise the standard for branding within collegiate sports. Will, we're going to talk about branding in a freaking second, but we got to talk Masters. This past Sunday, you walked the grounds of Augusta National, you know, just casual, so on and so forth. How the heck was that experience? It was absolutely amazing. It was definitely a bucket list event for me and it, uh, the opportunity kind of uh, rose really late and I, I had to jump at it we had our spring game on Saturday but I just wanted to make sure that however I could get out there to go to it I knew that if I had the opportunity to I definitely wanted to and it, it exceeded my expectations it was awesome what was your game plan there were you uh were you following Tiger Woods around early what what what'd you do I, I I didn't get into the actual course until around like one I made sure to uh go to the the shop and and load up on gear there because it's exclusive gear you can only get there and I had a lot of people I had to shop for so I made sure I got that done first but when I got there the leaders were teeing off so it was um Scheffler and Smith out there teeing off and um then Tiger was also finishing on the 18th right there so I got to see them tee off and then finish and then see Tiger finish and um walked around a little bit and then came back actually right as I was about to leave to see to see uh, Rory and Colin Morikawa chip in back-to-back on 18. Oh, you was, saw that? I was right there. Yeah, I was like four rows back for it. It was awesome. Dude, that had to be freaking electric. I've heard from multiple people that that was like the loudest environment that they've ever heard. Absolutely amazing. It was so cool. A couple of chip-ins, Morikawa, Rory McIlroy. I don't know what that celebration was by Rory. Yeah. I don't know if he went back and saw that at all. Uh, yeah, it looked a little weird, but I mean, when <laughs> those things happen in the heat of the moment, you don't really know what you're doing sometimes. <laughs> no doubt about that. All right. Let's talk a little bit about branding and you've obviously capitalized in the space as a collegiate athlete. So how would you personally define what brand means? I'd say it is, I kind of liken it to like, um, when you grow up, your parents always say like, whatever you do is a reflection of uh, your family and like the name on your back. And I kind of liken that in a sense to like whatever you do on social media or whatever you do outside or in any realm of any aspect of your life, um, you need to make sure that that is in line with your kind of personality, your values, your morals. And I think that the more um, dialed in you are with that and the more more meticulous you are in figuring out what that is for you, I think all of that combined builds into what your brand is and it's pretty broad but it's um it's definitely something now that us college athletes have to kind of put more time and effort and thought into and it's been it's been cool to kind of uh improve in that aspect here in the last year what do you think surprised you the most since you've kind of embarked on all this stuff i guess like all this is so new and it's it's surprising that there's so many people who kind of want to jump at this and get their share or get their kind of um opportunity to capitalize on this and i think that it's it's kind of scary how um a lot of kids who are new to the space and everyone's new to the space now that's only less than a year old might not really know how to go about doing deals or doing stuff that has to do with your brand and they might not know their worth or how much they really should be making so um it was just surprising to see um how the beginning of it played out some mistakes that i made that i have since learned from and um just how much i guess time and effort needs to be put into uh, this part of my life if I want to do it right. 
So you mentioned some of the mistakes that you made way back when, and I, th- I smile because I think everybody and every athlete can really go back on the start of their journey and reflect on that. What were some of those mistakes that you've grown from? Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to name any names or specific uh, instances, but there were just opportunities that were given to me uh, that I didn't really look into too much. All I saw was a, was a dollar amount that I at the time thought was a lot. And um, just because I'd never really been able to experience something like that. And so I was like, yeah, let's do it without really even thinking about how it was going to affect maybe future deals or how it was going to affect the perception of people or the perception that people have of me on social media by seeing something like that, a promotion of that kind. And um, yeah, it took a while. It took some trial and error before I was able to find a little bit of a groove and I'm still trying to find more of a groove. And it's, it's, um, it's, it's, it's easy to get caught up in those stuff like that at the beginning of the process, but it's necessary for, for growth. I think you're talking about the beginning of your process and the beginning of the process for many people starts with what does my brand even look like as far as a logo website merchandise and so on and so forth so if we go back to early september in 2021 you launched your first post and had your logo on there had your merch had the copy in there what went behind the thought process of your logo yeah so talking about trial and error that's uh something that um came out of the time and i was i was excited for and um, that I thought we did pretty well at, but I, I really think that I kind of preemptively uh, jumped out with something like that because um, we worked on that logo. We worked on that website for a little bit of time and it kind of got to the point where it's, where I was just kind of like, let's just launch it. Um, I think we've done spent enough time on this, but uh, it's something that at least the website and uh, what we had in mind for it is something that didn't reach the standards that I kind of had for it. And um, I haven't, done much of kind of integrating that logo into a lot of stuff that I've done and um, maybe thoughts of going back and rebranding. But uh, it was was a cool experience because I got to do it with my mom and I got to do it with a small group of people from right from the beginning to thinking of the logo, thinking of the website, how it should be laid out. And, And it was a really cool experience to kind of see that side of the business. But at the same time, I think that there definitely could have been a better job of how, how we, I, and uh, we rolled it out. But again, it was just, it was, good for learning. And we got a pretty cool logo out of it. And we got some sales on a website out of it. But um, at the very least, I got to learn more about that kind of side of how things run. What's your advice to an athlete that's on the fence about, "Mm, I I just don't know if I'm quite ready yet. I don't know if I've got my perfect logo, all that stuff. As far as just to go, do it. Take your time. Take your time. I mean, these decisions, you don't want to stress about them too much, but they they are big decisions and um, they might seem small, but really anything that goes along the lines of how your brand is represented, how your brand is perceived by others. It's uh, those are big decisions and they need to be thought of methodically and don't ever think that you don't have enough time um, because one, there's going to be opportunities out there and they're going to be out there for you uh, for a while. And uh, two, unless you're some huge top, level kind of um nil client right now for these companies the income at this level really doesn't match anything that you'd be getting at the next level and that's what a lot of these agencies and companies will tell you because the landscape is not very realized yet um companies aren't willing to spend these large chunks of money on um college athletes because of how new this this landscape is but what really matters is 
the the light at the end of the tunnel, which is hopefully for people to go and play at the next level and reach that new tier level of deals and opportunities out there. So you don't want to you don't want to sacrifice or ruin opportunities in the future by doing deals now that might block you from those opportunities. What are the advantages of signing with a management team such as athlete advantage? Yeah, I think that it's, I think that it's important. I think that it's important if you're someone who wants to be able to spend as much time as they can on what really matters, which is um, obviously school first, getting, getting your school done, but then also your sport. And if you want to be able to kind of just focus on your sport and not have to stress about all of these things going on on the outside about deals or people who want to um, partner with you and stuff like that. I think it's just, it's, it's nice to keep that outside noise outside and at least have someone vet these people and start the process before. Um, so I know that it's legitimate and it's something that I could possibly pursue um, rather than kind of frankly wasting my time. And uh, that's, it's been able to help me a lot. And I think each it's each, each guy's or girl's situation is different in what they are looking for, or if they're even needing an agency or just a group to kind of help them facilitate the process. But uh, for me, it's been great just because I one, which is most important. I found a group and I found people that I can trust. And that's the number one for, the thing that you need to do um, in anything you do, but in this world, especially. Um, and uh, two, I just uh, kind of make sure that maybe do a little trial with them. Saw some good stuff out of them before I, I've signed into anything with them. And they were able to prove their worth to me through what they did with some previous players that I was teammates with or that I had seen. And um, yeah, but I think that they've been able to help a lot and I would definitely recommend it. So for somebody that is seeking some representation or something in that element, how do you even start that process? Cause you've obviously been through it. Um, I, I, I honestly wouldn't, it's tough for me to tell because most of the time it's people that have reached out to me and have found me. Um, and I, and the group that I signed with here locally in Kentucky was something that just happened very organically. And my parents were actually very um, helpful in the process. And they, they also helped kind of vet these people um, as they came in to kind of ease the amount of uh, pressure on me throughout this. So they helped a lot. Um, but I know that we have um, resources at our school. We're able to reach out to people who are in the know about NIL, whether it's in compliance or um, other people on the staff who might know of some groups or opportunities that can help facilitate the process. I know we use uh, Influencer. I know a lot of other teams use the Influencer app as well. And they have um, uh, options and availabilities for you to learn everything, or not everything, but some things about NIL on there, which is great. But um, I think it really just depends. And I obviously, I don't have any firsthand experience with actively searching for one. Um, but yeah, I'd, I'd just say find whoever knows the most about it at your school. And if you have a buddy who has somebody, maybe try to get connected through them. So you mentioned the influencer app, obviously they're help piping some photos and some content down the, down your pipeline to be able to post that stuff on social media. How have you approached your tone, your voice, the strategy behind your social presence over the course of the past, let's call it year. It's tough. I mean, it's, it's a really interesting question and it's a really interesting i guess um strategy that i've had i haven't had a strategy per se it's kind of just like hey if i think something's cool i'm gonna post it and um but i think that what a lot of people that really kill it on social media do is they do have like a strategized kind of posting um 
either schedule or, or team that helps them with that. And everything that I've done has just been on my own. Um, and I think that's what makes it feel a little bit more organic. Like um, if I was, if I was like, I don't, I don't know how I'd feel about having like a team do everything for me and have everything just so formulated. It might just get old, but I don't know. I'm just rambling at this point, but um, it's weird because during the season, how you post and how you want to be um, perceived by fans. Like it's tough when it's easy when you're winning six games in a row, you know, and then it's tough when you lose the next three. And uh, it's like, can I even like post, like, how are people going to respond if I post like all these, these fans going crazy in the comments. And um, I'd be lying if I said that how I post on uh, a Friday after spring ball on Twitter is going to be different than after the same as, after a Monday after a loss to Tennessee, you know, and it's, it's, it's t tough for athletes to go through stuff like that. But at the same time, you want to ma maintain some sort of identity and um, be able to show your personality and be able to show who you are on your social media, because that's really important when connecting with fans and connecting with your, uh, the people following your brand. How do you balance that mindset, the, the mental side of that on social media? Because let's be honest, if you don't think there's a mental game to that, I think you're probably naive to the situation, just being a general person in society. And what I mean by that is you referenced what you post on a Friday after the week after your um, spring game is probably different than posting something after a loss against Tennessee the following Monday. So when you do have to go through that stretch of time and you know that you still have to maintain a presence on social media, you want to continue that as well. How do you balance the negativity with the reality? Well, I mean, the negativity is the reality. I mean, uh, even though fans can be a little more brutal than the actual situation, like things just sometimes don't go your way and you might not be, uh, the number one fan of people on the internet just for that week, but you got to just make sure you um, block everything out and stick to what really matters. Because at the end of the day, if, if you're just doing what you need to do on a consistent basis, regardless of the outcome, if you stick to that, um, the times when you were rolling back whenever are, are going to eventually come back if, if you're just sticking to your same process. And, um, but it is tough to navigate just like, how you're posting during those times. And I try not to think about it. Most of the time I just don't post and that seems to work. And um, yeah, but on the, in the off season, it's nice because you can have a little more freedom with it. And I'm able to kind of be able to be creative and show sides of me and, and build my um, build my brand in a way that I might not be able to during the season. Well, I think that is the perfect segue to the last question that I want to ask you. And I think it's a question based off the last couple of posts that you've had, and that is the thoroughbred stallion, the war of will, the deal that went down there. That caught a crap ton of traction on social media. How the hell did that deal even go about? This is really, really cool. And it's, it's something that um, my marketing group and I have been working on a, for a while because my strategy with how I'm approaching NIL is that um, in the beginning, I was taking some smaller deals here and there for just some chunks of money, just because like, Hey, why not? Never been able to do this before. But from here on out, I'm really trying to take a very st strategic approach in that I want to be taking quality value deals um, that represent my brand really, really well. And um, if we're able to find opportunities too, that are unique, then that's just a plus. And that's exactly what this opportunity was. And, 
I'm the starting quarterback for the University of Kentucky. Um, when you think of Kentucky, the, the two industries are bourbon and horse racing. <laughs> obviously can't do a deal with a bourbon company because the relation to alcohol, obviously. And then the horse racing industry is also tough to um, get a deal with through our guidelines, too, because of its relation to gambling. So any deals with any jockeys or any kind of trainers, horse trainers that are competitive in these races were out the window. But we were starting to think of what's a way that we can maybe make a deal in this industry that is for far enough away from the actual betting side of things, a loophole, if you will, um, to make it happen. And they were able to actually get approval from compliance to do a deal with a breeding farm. And so as we were looking for farms, there were some farms who were interested. This is something that or that weren't interested. This is something that's never been done from um, at least I know a college athlete uh, partnership standpoint. Um, but there was, there was one farm who was all in for it and what, uh, Claiborne farm and what made it even cooler was, uh, the horse who I was going to sponsor, um, was named war of will, ironically enough. So, I mean, people thought the horse was named after me. No, it was just complete coincidence. And the horse is absolutely beautiful. I was able to go and meet the farm, um, secretariat. If you ever, anyone, if anyone knows of any horses, they know secretariat. The secretariat was actually, is actually buried and, uh, spent time at that farm as well really? so I was able to I was able to see the uh, the grave of secretariat which was pretty crazy and um, it, it's a magical it's a magical industry it's a magical creature um, it's I, I haven't been able to spend too much time with them up close but when I do it just wows me every time and uh, it's something that I think just encapsulates Kentucky and um, me my brand um, and uh, it just made sense and it was a lot of fun to do and I was glad that I was able to to share it with everybody. How much fun was that shoot? It was, it was cool. And it was great. It was, I was in and out in like an hour. I was, they had it all segmented out and it all planned out and I'd seen the script beforehand and it was very well put together and I'm glad how it came down, came out. But uh, the time I spent at the farm was awesome. I'll be back there a few more times here um, in the next month to do some media and stuff. The, the traction that the farm got from all the press uh, from the deal was absolutely incredible. And they're, they're, really, really thrilled. And it turned out even more than they could have imagined. So it was a win-win for both of us. And it, it's been really cool to kind of follow the, the press that it's been getting. Let's end on this one. So for an athlete that is just starting out in the NIL space, possibly at the, the high school level, moving to the collegiate level this off season, what would your biggest piece of advice be to capitalize on your opportunities? I'd say uh, the first thing you want to do is uh, focus on your own personal brand and focusing on improving uh, your presence on social media because that's where it all starts because if you like it or not even if you're the the number one athlete in the country no if you want to make some money no company is going to want to do a deal with you if you just post self mirror selfies on instagram or you don't post at all on instagram even worse like um you gotta have a certain presence to you that attracts you to these companies if that's what you want to do um and uh whether you like it or not sometimes i get annoyed by posting. I mean, people might think I love social media, but I get annoyed. I get annoyed that I'm posting sometimes. Sometimes I feel like I'm just doing it because I have to, but um, sometimes you do have to. And whether you like it or not, if you want to make money in the space, you got to make sure your presence is solid. This coming from a guy that had the banana deal way back when that we didn't even get into. This coming from a guy that now has a deal with a horse named War of Will, the Thoroughbred Stallion. I'd say that uh, Will Levis knows a thing or two about the NIL space as it stands today. Will, appreciate your time, my man, and uh, good to see you again. 
Thanks so much for having me, Mitch.